this flyover clip. You know, Jesus was an example, commissioned us us to go out and do the same. We need 80 million people that are healing the sick, you know, Mm -hmm. casting out demons, sharing sharing the gospel, Mm -hmm. doing those basic things. Equipped. What if the church, when I say the church, I say the organization of people, the Christian community, what if they were known, just known for walking in this kind of authority? You know, I mean... I'd say I'd say for the most part, Christians are known for having a higher moral standard that they project on the world, but don't necessarily mm-hmm. always meet themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, it's oh, everybody absolutely. everybody knows of a pastor. Oh, this mm-hmm. guy was great and he led all these people in salvations, but then had a moral fall, you yep. know, in an area. Yep. Um, it might be, you know, with you know, everything from, you know, within the church, there's testimonies in the movie of a of a lady struggling with eating disorders, there's mm-hmm. pornography, yep. there's yep. all kinds of things. We should be, we're equipped to be walking in a different level of authority in these things than the world. We should have something to offer that they don't have besides guilt. Mm-hmm. And that's kind yeah, of what yeah. we have is like, we do the same things as the world, we just feel bad about it mm-hmm. and say yeah. we're sorry, but but not the authority where we're known for that. Do you think that can change is one question. And two, what if it did? What would the world look like yeah. if the church walked in this? We're like, come here, let me help you get rid of that. You don't need to be struggling with that yeah. anymore. What if we had that? Well, it, it really is a problem that we're not practicing what we preach. You know, it's kind of like the conservative movement. The biggest problem with the conservative movement is we complain about what's going on and then don't do anything about what's going on. Right. Yep. <clears throat> you have millions of evangelical Christians that sit on their hands and don't vote. And they're like, mm-hmm. oh, we don't like what's going on. I'm like, well, why didn't you vote? Right. Well, why right. aren't you doing something? Why, why aren't you boots on the ground? Why aren't you starting some grassroots movement? Why aren't you going to the school board meeting? You know, why aren't you running for office in your local community? Right. And so the same thing is true with the church. We complain about the darkness, but we never turn on the light. And mm-hmm. Ephesians chapter five says whatsoever mm-hmm. is made manifest is of the light. So when Christians go around shining the light of Jesus, a city set on a hill cannot be hid. Let your light so therefore shine before men that they may see visibly your good works. And then the result is they will glorify your father, which is in heaven. So Christians love to talk about problems that they have no solutions to. And so I tell our staff, I tell our leadership, I tell our volunteers, don't bring me a bunch of church problems. Bring me a bunch of church solutions because the solutions are the answers to the problems. Churches are always going to have problems. And so if we would do that, we would look like the book of Acts. We would see salvations in abundance, baptisms in abundance, miracles breaking out, signs, wonders. It would happen in Walmart, Waffle House, Cracker Barrel, Walgreens. Everywhere we went, it would happen. And I know that. Because everywhere our church people are going, it's happening. The book of Acts is following us everywhere we go. People are like, well, you know, Greg Locke just cast out demons at his church. Oh, no, I've, I've cast out demons in a Walmart parking lot. I mean, my wife was at a hotel with me just last week at a Jenny Weaver conference. We're leaving, getting ready to go on the bus. And a woman runs across the parking lot and she says, Miss Locke, Miss Locke, I've got a voodoo curse on me and nobody can do anything about it. Can you help me? My wife wow. said, like, right here in the parking lot. She said, yeah, right here in the parking lot. My wife laid hands on her, and no sooner she touched her, she started retching, throwing up, screaming, fell on the sidewalk. And I mean, a demon came out of this woman, and within five minutes, she's crying. She's worshiping Jesus. She's just praising the Lord. It happens everywhere you go. So if you will live the Bible, the Bible will unfold before your eyes everywhere you're at. But people don't want to do that. You know, somebody prophesied over me the other day and said, you know, you've been known talking about me, you've been known for politics, but it's not about politics. You have a governmental anointing upon you, not a political anointing. Anybody can rant about politics. But I think my next phase is 
is I'm going to take to government. Here is what's going to change the government, right? Mm. Because our salvation is not coming out of the White House and it's not coming out of Mar-a-Lago. Our salvation is coming from the house of God. And if we don't start whispering in the ears of our leaders, here's what you have to do. Okay, we are not wrestling against flesh and blood. We do not have a White House problem. We have a God's house problem. And until these people understand we are fighting principalities, powers, we got to go before the Lord and pull down the strongholds in our community. The town you live in, the town I live in, D.C., everywhere you look, there are demonic principalities that are over school systems, that are over, over governments, that are over churches. That's who we got to go for. So we got to quit messing with these little domesticated demons and we got to go for the big boys. We got to pull down the strongholds and the principalities and then this nation's going to change. But if the church doesn't walk in authority, we're done. We're sunk. Man, okay, so you were talking about acts. You're talking about walking in authority. How important are the gifts of the Spirit and how important is that as the body of Christ to Hmm. be using those today? They're a thousand percent important because what I found is, you know, the prophetic ministry and the deliverance ministry have been so separated for so long. That's Mm. why, you know, prophecy can seem hokey and deliverance ministry is scary. But when deliverance ministry and prophecy merge and the gifts of the spirit begin to operate together, it's for one purpose, the perfecting of the saints, the work of the ministry, the edifying of the body of Christ, Ephesians 4.11. And so whenever I began to flow prophetically in deliverance ministry, it made deliverance ministry easier because you can turn a five-hour deliverance into five minutes because you're operating through the gifts of the Holy Spirit and He's telling you what to say. He's telling you what they're struggling with. I don't have to ask them 40 questions. The Holy Spirit already told me. You've got a spirit of molestation because your father molested you when you were five years old. And they're like, how did you know that? I'm like, because the Holy Spirit told me. And boom, that demon just comes right out. And so, yes, we have to operate in the gifts of the Spirit or it's a dead-end street. And so we're we're trying to do the work of the ministry without the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's mm. like driving a train with no engine, right? Mm. You, you got you to gotta have an engine. And the Holy Spirit is the engine to this force that we call the local church. Oh, that's so good. Man, and, and that's what Jesus was known for. You start mm-hmm. following his his accounts in the gospel, and it's like, okay, he's doing his thing, dun, 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 going somewhere, and and the people of the community would come to him with this man, yes. you know, who had been chained yeah. up in this cemetery. Like, they, did, they didn't come to him like, hey, I hear you're a really funny speaker. Mm-mm. You know, yeah, hey, absolutely. I hear you're, you're, you're dynamic. It's, it's like they had a world problem they brought to God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For it for a solution. Yeah. The, the the Roman soldier came to Jesus. Hey, my daughter, she's got this thing. If you just say a word, I know she's okay. Like yep. they they didn't seek him out for a sermon. They seeked him out for a solution, salvation, Absolutely. message, gospel kind of came 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 like, like the people it's a broken world. Mm-hmm. Jesus yep. was known as the solution. I think that's the future. We're in such a broken place as a world. Yes. They're looking for answers. It's got to, it doesn't have to be, but it would be great if Christians were known for that. Mm -hmm. If we became that and we're in, became that, do you see that happening? That's what's happening in Mount Juliet, but can that be global? Oh, absolutely. We're seeing it pop off all over the place. I'll give you an example, but let me say this. It's not that people don't believe in the, the definition of the gospel. It's that they don't see the demonstration of the gospel, right? Mm -hmm. We know the gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection. So it's not that people are denying God. They're denying us because they don't see any power in the life that we live. Mm. I jokingly tell people, it's like a fat man selling diet pills. He better be losing (laughs) weight before I buy his pills, right? Absolutely. It's exactly like that. (laughs) Where's your Why would the world, why would they want what we have if we don't even operate in what we have? And so you're right. 
people were drawn to Jesus because of what he said. Never a man spake like this man spake, but also mm-hmm. because of what he did, yeah. because what he did validated what he said. Mm-hmm. So just this past Saturday, I'm preaching in uh, Indiana in just a small town, Seymour, Indiana. And I've been there before, but I'm telling you, I'd never been in a service like this. It was a, a big tent. It was packed and overflowing. They had a a baby tent, an overflow tent attached to it, <laughs> packed and overflowing. Everybody out in the field, the place was just full. So I'm pre- I'm not even preaching on deliverance, right? They sung for like 45 minutes. They introduced me. I got up. I'm preaching on the woman with the issue of blood. And I may be in the second verse. I'm like 10 minutes into my message. And I'm, you know, I'm like an hour long preacher. I'll, I get going. I just <laughs> finish, right? I'm 10 minutes into my sermon. I mean, the people are hanging on to every word and right in the middle of my message from the overflow tent, a, a tall, big, burly man begins to run down the middle aisle with his 14-year-old epileptic daughter in his arms who is passed out in the service, runs up, plops her on the platform. I'm preaching. The pastor's mm. like, I'm sorry. I'm like, no, 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 don't stop this man. I said, God's about to take over. He's like, will you lay hands on my daughter? Pray for my epileptic daughter. And I'm immediately thinking, this is the same thing that happened in Mark chapter 9. Jesus preaching, the guy brings his epileptic yeah. son yep. to Jesus. So what do you do? So, oh no, wait till the invitation. No, that was the invitation. So I started yep. praying over the daughter and immediately it broke loose. Hundreds of people bum rushed the oh, altar. They're man. standing up, they're crying. People falling out. I never even, I preached 10 minutes. I never went back to preaching. An hour and a half mass deliverance broke out in the tent. We have video footage of it. I mean, people screaming, witchcraft coming out, crying. I mean, wow. it was unbelievable. And so... I had to get whisked away because there's, I mean, after an hour and a half, they're pulling out my coat, they're, they're crying, and I just can't lay hands on everybody, you know? And so I get in the car, I leave. Yesterday, I show up at church, and there are dozens of people that drove from that meeting in Indiana just to be in our service, just to continue to see what God's doing. So yes, this yeah. is a global movement. It's a global wow. movement. I'm so excited about the Reawaken America event. That's Freedom Train. Freedom, Freedom Train. <laughs> we got that event coming up here in May. And I we're know, excited. it's going to be at the Trump Doral, and what a perfect location. It is absolutely beautiful. But we're going to have the cast of crew around President Trump. Yeah. You're going to have Peter Navarro. You're going to have Devin Nunes. You're going to have Eric Trapp. You're going to have Laura Trapp. You're going to have Clay Clark. These people that surround him, that talk to him regularly, are going to be there, and you're going to have an opportunity to meet them. And we're going to have such a great time. It is amazing. Very the exciting 12th time. and the 13th, and it's not too late. You can still get tickets. All you have to do is text 918-851-0102. Text the word flyover, and then they'll let you know, hey, this is the next step, but it also gets you a discount when you do that. For more great content, go to flyoverconservatives.com.